The following is a presentation of Team Bonding, providing more than 100 live, virtual, or hybrid corporate team building activities for companies around the world. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Once again, it's me, Rich Rinnensland, and welcome to Team Building Around the World, the podcast where I speak to people from the team bonding, team building industry from all across the globe. I am so very excited today. We actually have with us the CEO of Biz Group, Ms. Hazel Jackson. She just, she's a complete entrepreneur. Not only that, but she is apparently a social media butterfly. So I can't wait to ask her all about those things. But first, of course, I need to give some love out there to my supporters. The show is supported by the Catalyst Team Building Network. Find out more about the world's largest network of team building providers at catalystglobal.com. And I also want to thank our friends at B1G1, which can make your business a real force for good. Visit B1G1.com to get started. Now, about, let's say, 25 years ago, this company called Biz Group got started out in Dubai in the Middle East. And today, I happen to be talking to the CEO of that organization. Please, ladies and gentlemen, give a big team-building love and a big hello to Hazel Jackson. That's just a small group of people I keep trapped under my desk, Hazel. I was going to say, Richard, where did all of those friends come from? (laughs) They like to keep themselves hidden away. And, well, you know, I only give them scraps to eat, so they're pretty weak. But, Hazel, good morning or evening to you, afternoon. What is it in Dubai? We could just say good day. Okay, good. (laughs) Now, please. um, (laughs) Great. Can you please uh, start off, just tell my listeners a little bit about yourself. Thanks, Richard. I first moved to Dubai in 1993 to launch a product for a client, and I fell in love with the place. It was very much uh, more of a sand pit. We didn't have any of the beautiful buildings that we have here now, and I saw opportunity. I found, Mm. I don't know, a passion for helping this young city grow, and I saw a need to develop people, and I started a learning business. I knew nothing about a learning business. I, the famous words are, I went there with $700 Mm. um, and founded a company. So um, yeah, it's been an an absolute joyride for the last 25 plus years. Now, what is it that made you decide that that's what you wanted to do, that that's the direction you wanted to go in? As you say, because I was reading also where it said you only had the $700 in your pocket. How did you actually decide that that was how you wanted to spend that money? Well, you know, when you you can't afford to hire anybody, um, (laughs) you don't actually have an awful lot of skills yourself. What I did remember is when I was straight out of school, I sold classified telesales advertising over the phone. Mm. Um, This is before the age of the internet. And, you know, that's how you bought something. You got the newspaper, you looked through the classifieds, you decided to buy the car or the fridge or the whatever you needed. Mm -hmm. Um, I know some of your listeners will not remember those days. (laughs) And at the time I arrived in Dubai, the English newspaper had 16 pages of classified advertising. And I read some of the adverts and I thought, wow, I could do that better. And so I challenged the owner of the newspaper and I I then took a beautiful team of uh, 20 ladies that were working in the classified and trained them how to sell advertising over the phone. And I realized I was quite good at it, um, apart from the spelling mistakes in the training manual that I created uh, that I typed on a typewriter Mm. um, and I got this passion for seeing the light bulb go off in other people's eyes as they realized they could improve their performance at work if they just tried a few new things. What was 
team building and the early learning experiences like in Dubai? I mean, what, what kind of challenges were you facing in the beginning? Well, first of all, I think the culture when I first got here was, well, we've hired you, haven't we? Shouldn't you be able to do the job? Um, <laughs> why should we teach you? Why should we motivate you? Why should we provide anything else? Because a mm. lot of, in a lot of instances, expats, expatriates were yeah. the workforce. Um, and so I had to prove that if you help people get better, you can see an increase in performance and therefore it's worth the spend. Well, as Dubai grew, our clients started asking us to come up with teams building solutions when they were bringing groups of people together and in the early days we made them up you know we we designed things out of our own ahead uh, out of our own ideas and and i'll be honest we weren't really very good at it and we certainly weren't making any money at it because it was taking twice as long to design something as to to run the event mm. um and i put an article in a newspaper and a member of the catalyst global team was attending a conference an exhibition in dubai at the time and they read this article they weren't getting very many people walking around the exhibition stand and they rang me up and we had coffee and they said by the way we have all of these amazing team building games and I went that's brilliant we have lots <laughs> of requests and no capability and so it became a match made in heaven and I think we were the first partners outside of the UK hmm. um, to take on board the Catalyst global brand. I hope this doesn't embarrass you too much can you give us an example of some of those early less successful events that you had? Uh, yeah, I remember one time where we were working with a global amazing company, Johnson & Johnson, and mm. it was more of a fun day, perhaps kind of like, uh, I suppose, obstacle course event that we'd created. And I do remember creating this giant cotton bud, you know, out of a stick with cotton wool on the end, because obviously Johnson & Johnson makes those cotton buds. And, and people were running around with those as battens, not quite the sophistication level that we now have with the Catalyst products. <laughs> I'm, I'm sorry i was just visualizing that that sounds amazing <laughs> so was i so was i richard um the embarrassment i recall um on everybody's faces but the hilarity at the same time what about uh, what about now what are some of your favorite events to do now uh, oh well totally different i would say my favorites orchestrate just because um, there isn't a musical bone in my body. <laughs> and I remember the first time I picked up, I think I was given a violin, um, and I was thinking, there is no way that I am going to be able to contribute towards this. And we did our first um, orchestrate to celebrate our 20th anniversary of this group. Mm. And it was just mind-blowing. I, I had tears running down my face when I thought, if I can do that, Anybody can do that. It is just brilliant. And orchestrate, just, just so my listeners know, what, what exactly is orchestrate? <laughs> well, it's exactly that. You actually have a, a large audience in the room. They mm. think they're going to watch a piece of music from some professionals. Next minute, <laughs> they're told that they actually are going to become the orchestra. And you've got uh, violins, violas, cellos, trombones, clarinets, a choir, percussion. You all break into subgroups. You learn very cleverly piece of written mu of music you come back together and then the conductor brings you all together and at the end of it you are playing a piece of music and you sound brilliant okay sounds fun mm. let's go back a bit if we can because um, I'm, I'm fascinated by the the start of this story how do you, an expat yourself coming to Dubai, how do you sell this idea? 
that you're the one, that your team is the team that can help another company grow their market or, or take care of their people? Uh, great question. Slowly. Um, I think <laughs> <it's> the, <laughs> so, so the, you know, I, I'm a, my nickname is what's next because I'm always looking for what's the next thing. And I'm a great nice. believer when I see something, I'm like, wow, that would be brilliant. That would be brilliant. And I'm always taken back by actually how long it takes the market to pick up on what I've seen is a brilliant idea out there in the world. Um, so I remember when 2003, 2004, we took the Catalyst products on board and I was like convinced that in the next, you know, the next six months, everybody's going to be doing team building. But back then they didn't even know what that was. They, you know, maybe had been out to some desert camp. Maybe they were doing bowling or some kind of activity that just was more interaction and social. So we had to educate the market and we educated them with big picture uh, where we paint a picture in pieces that then comes together we educated them with beats work which is a fabulous samba band a mm. little bit like orchestra but much simpler and we started slowly letting them the market see that we could do really powerful events that have strong learning messages in 60 minutes to two hours and you know Dubai's small, or was much smaller then, and people talk. And so one client would recommend to another client. And it, it was probably before really strong internet website marketing. So mm. it very much was about uh, word of mouth recommendations. Fantastic. Well, with that in mind, let me take a second here, Hazel. And I want to tell all my team about Catalyst Team Building Network, an association of team building providers. With representatives in over 90 countries speaking more than 20 languages, the Catalyst Network is widely regarded as the voice of the team building industry. Network members share resources, best practices, and business opportunities. Catalyst partners are learning from each other and pushing the boundaries of what is possible in team building. Catalyst Network members share a common goal of creating highly relevant, socially responsible, good value experiences for their clients. For more information, please visit CatalystGlobal.com. The Catalyst Team Building Network, the world's largest network of team building providers. And we're back. So uh, let's talk a bit about Dubai, if you don't mind. What's the what's the industry like there, and what was it, what was it like in the beginning? We were the only ones to begin with. That's a little bit more competitive now. Well, there you go. Monopoly yeah. is always a good thing. <laughs> yeah, it didn't last long. As soon as somebody sees a good idea, ah. uh, they jump on the bandwagon. That's what we would call in this part of the world the souk mentality. Okay. Um, which is where you know if a, if a gold shop is working. In, in this part of town, somebody decides to open one next door, next door, next door. It's like mm. a market mentality. And so as we started uh, breaking the boundaries with team building, so the replicate companies, the copycats came in. Um, gotcha. I think what makes it really fascinating though, is the cultural diversity here, Richard. Yeah. I mean, you're always going to be, we're a melting pot. So whenever you're in a team building environment, you could have 16 to 30 different nationalities mm. um, in the room. And that means facilitation needs to be a little bit more on point. It mm. means instructions need to be simple and intuitive. And you need to realize that not everybody has perhaps even learned in a way of exploration and discovery people are sometimes afraid to make mistakes or they, they don't want to get it wrong. Right. And so the Catalyst products 
have just provided an amazing platform for people of all levels in an organization to have equal contribution mm-hmm. when they're working in a team. Let's look at it from the point of view of a facilitator, if you don't mind. Uh, that's I've sure. been doing that since 2009 myself. Here I am, I'm coming into Dubai. What kind of challenges am I going to face standing in front of a crowd? First of all, they love a good team building event. So they're oh, that's good. Uh, absolutely. There aren't that many skeptics here. We've always got one or two in every room, but yeah, mm. they're very eager. Um, they're not uh, the best at listening. Um, they're not always on time. So the first thing as you stand up as the facilitator, you're probably already running 10 to 15 minutes late <laughs> on your plan. That's very American um, as well. <laughs> who is it? I always say, you know, can we not have some German time for this event? Um, <laughs> but we definitely have Middle Eastern time here. Um, You're going to need to keep your instructions simple, but you're going to then, when you watch them fly in this region, when they get it, Mm. uh, the creativity is amazing. I did a a chain reaction recently, and I think, you know, I I was surprised they weren't hanging things from the the chandeliers in the fantastic (laughs) hotels we have here. They were so um, excited about creating these incredible contraptions. That's great. it's an awful lot of fun. And, and I think the other thing you'd find as an American facilitator here, just the diversity. And with that, the stories that you get to have on the side mm. of, you know, all of these nationalities coming together to build this amazing city we're in. Obviously, all these different cultures coming together was sort of the point, as you say, in the beginning, in the the, the, the early days of Dubai. But what kind of uh, social idiosyncrasies, what kind of social sympathies did you need to, to work against or work with? I suppose one of the... One of the interesting things around the Arabic cultures here is that you might not have men and women easily doing a trust fall with each other, <laughs> or people might have a little, you know, so some of those traditional things around team building, people felt they were they were too touchy-feely, or right. you needed to be in too much each other's personal space. So there is a little bit more around that. There is a little bit more, there's an awful lot of respect here though, Richard, an awful lot of respect on both sides and for all cultures. So, so I don't, you know, socially for me, it's just about being respectful about perhaps touch. Mm. And then one month a year during Ramadan, team building needs to be a little bit more subdued, less of the loud music. Gotcha. That makes sense. Let's switch gears for a little bit and talk about charities because it's one of my favorite topics to to get into. I love working with charities when I'm working with them here in the States. Uh, What kind of charities do you work with over there? There aren't that many charities here. Um, A lot of them do a lot of work for the region. The normal Red Crescent is here. They have some charities that we've done some work with, with autism, but we are also a member of the B1G1 network. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of the work that we're doing with the corporations here, you know, that goosebump moment at the end when you let them know that by being engaged in this team building event Mm. we've been able to help a number of children in Africa or get education in India or get school books in Vietnam so so the charity scene here is not as big as it is in America not that they aren't doing a lot of great work but a lot of that work gets deployed into Syria into Ah. other war-torn areas around us so less of the people are here in Dubai. Now you've mentioned that goosebump moment at the end of an event. Can you give me an example of what that looks like? Yeah, well, so, you know, you've just revealed a big picture and everybody's super excited about pointing out their canvas and having a look at at, at what they did in their team Mm -hmm. and having their picture taken. Um, Or you've, you've done that 
grand finale of a Beats Work event or you've you've revealed movies and you've done an Oscar evening with 15 famous minutes. <laughs> and then you get to say at the end, do you know what, guys? You have been the most amazing group. And because of you today, we've been able to do- donate to B1G1 um, X amount of impacts for children. And we've been able to give them, you know, school books for the next six months in South Africa. And without mm. you choosing this group and the Catalyst Network, we wouldn't have been able to enrich their lives. And it's just that give back moment where you feel like you're not just helped the audience be a better team, mm-hmm. um, perhaps go home a happier father or mother and be kinder to their children or better mm. to their to their uh, employees the next day. You've actually extended that and helped somewhere else in the world. So what could what could be wrong with that? It's just such an amazing joy. Indeed so. And uh, if you don't mind, one more time, let me take a step aside here. And I want to tell all my friends out there about B1G1, which can make your business a real force for good. When you're part of B1G1, you bring new purpose, meaning, and relevance to your business by making giving a core of what you do. Unlike conventional giving models, B1G1 helps small and medium-sized businesses achieve more social impact by embedding giving activities in their everyday business operations to create unique giving stories. Every business transaction can impact lives from as little as just one cent. So please visit B1G1.com to get started. B1G1, business for good. All right. So again, I'm with Hazel. What's next, Jackson? Um, How are things over there in Dubai uh, with the COVID-19 situation? Well, it's been an interesting three months. Um, We are now on a downward uh, curve and we're seeing a significant drop in cases each day, which is great and a huge uh, spike in recoveries. Um, We're out of a lockdown environment. We were actually locked down for for probably six weeks at one point and with with fairly strong restrictions. And now it's looking for businesses to rebound and Mm. to open back up slowly, responsibly, carefully. And, you know, hotels are again opening back up, the beaches are open and so far restricted travel outside of Dubai and into Dubai, but that's opening as well, I believe, with some quarantine on arrival. Um, And slowly we're trying to get back to normal, but... You know, thank goodness the Catalyst Network and everybody in the network, not Mm -hmm. just Catalyst Global, pivoted really quickly to create virtual events because we see those over the next three to six months, particularly not just in Dubai, but we also look after Saudi Arabia and other parts of the Middle East region Mm. remaining a fundamental requirement for companies here as they figure out the new normal and as we keep teams safely working from home if they're non-essential. Yeah, what kind of online events are you looking at or or have you been successful with? Yeah, so so I, I you know, we're we're great fans of virtual reality because of of course what's next. I think that's what's next um, <laughs> in in the world. And we uh, we loved the conversion of the Infinite Loop, which was an in person virtual reality event, to one that is now two D and you can play in teams on computers. Mm. So that's great problem solving, like an escape room, but better and really stretches your logic and your thinking. You have to say. 
say I'm probably not the brightest person to do that exercise, but I still like being on the team. Um, <laughs> and as a fan of innovation, I also like the global innovation game because I think that delivers business results. And also all the go team, go remote programs People love working with technology and that's just got such great flexibility. I mean, who in the world would have thought four months ago that a business that was all around bringing people together Mm -hmm. and creating those magic goosebump moments (laughs) in person could pivot so quickly to provide solutions that were now virtual as we all grapple a little bit with what is going to be, I think, a more blended approach to virtual and in-person events, meetings, learning in the future. As you say, this seems to be, in some ways, the new normal. I think a lot of hybridization is going to be coming out of this. But my audience, that the one you said about the the, the global... The global innovation global game. innovation game yeah that's a new one for my listeners can you explain that one to us sure so global innovation game takes uh, teams through a series of design thinking style processes um, that gets you to break down some ideas gives you stimulus to think outside of the box and gets you to work on various cards to do with technology to perhaps do with productization or a service issue Um, it's highly customizable as well so they've done a really good job of that but basically teams go through stages of iteration to design something and then they have to pitch it back and we vote for who has come up with the best innovation and idea and most of these kind of events um, in innovation start your brain thinking differently and then you could actually build on it quite easily with a program to say now we've done that in the global innovation game how could we do that in our business setting so they're great primers for learning great so let's talk about you just a little bit here i'm sure as a ceo you don't do a lot of facilitating yourself but you must have back in the day (laughs) you you always richard i think i've always been one of those people that says try it once yourself first sure um you know and in those early days the first big picture i have to say that i was i think i was uh, on an agogo for the first uh, beats work because I did tell you I'm not the best uh, yep. musician. Yep. Um, I was still there. Um, I, I always felt like if it was going to go wrong, then it was probably better that I was at the front of the room <laughs> <laughs> and taking taking the flack for something not going right. So, yeah, I have facilitated a lot. I continue to do a little bit of online delivery now oh, um, or on the learning side. But, yeah, I, I, I miss that. I think that's the best bit of what we do is that moment when you see everybody light up. Right. And their ideas light up. But yes, I don't do as much as I used to. Well, let me talk about when you did. Something my listeners are coming used to is what we call the the icebreaker moment. That that first game you play with a crowd just to get them to understand what it is that we're going to be doing with them. Do you have any favorite icebreakers for yourself? Yeah, I love counting to 10 in Japanese. How does that work? <laughs> so I knew I was, I was going to be 100% sure you are going to ask me that question. <laughs> so I like it, first of all, because what it's saying is I believe you can learn to do something which sounds pretty impossible mm-hmm. um, in a couple of minutes. And so what's hmm. going to happen, it's hard because we're on a podcast, sure. but part of this actions and part of this would be voice so i'm going to say two words and i'm going to do an action you're going to repeat it after me and slowly we're going to get to 10 in japanese Ah. do you want to have a go sure i'll go for a bit (laughs) okay all right so let's move we get to five so itchy knee so i would be scratching my knee at this point itchy Ah. knee is one and two itchy knee 
Yeah. Um, a small boy walking towards you. Sun is three. So Ichini Sun. Yeah. Ichini Sun. She is the son's mother is four. Ichini Sun. She. She. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Go is five and rock is six. Ichini Sun. She. She. Go rock. Go rock. Yeah. Maybe we can stop it at that point. <laughs> but, but the point is that when you're teaching somebody a word and an action, mm-hmm. we remember the action. And the action, obviously, I was doing, which you can't see right now, right. was describing the, the word as well. And it becomes very easy. And by the end of a, like two minutes, they're suddenly counting one to ten in Japanese. Hmm. And uh, everybody believes anything is possible. And it seems a, a lot more interesting than just rock, paper, scissors everywhere we go. <laughs> Well done. <laughs> Fantastic. What about your uh, favorite events? Favorite events, big picture, okay. because it was my first. Nice. And 15 famous minutes, because I think it's the silliest. 15 famous minutes being? 15 famous minutes is everybody should have 15 famous minutes of fame. Mm. Um, and what you are given is a famous movie, props. Now it's iPads. Back in the day, it was big VHS video cameras. And you are expected to film live and dangerous with no editing time a movie that lasts no longer than 15 minutes and capture the entire essence of that movie um, from start through to finish. And then we have an Oscar awards ceremony and the movies get played back. And it is now it's been converted into perhaps the faster version, which is blockbuster on blockbuster online mm-hmm. which is making much shorter video clips and essences of of a movie but that those original ones for me as people were running around you have to see the size of the cameras back in 2003 but as people were <laughs> running around with these big cameras and fluffy microphones and it was just you know guys in wigs and girls in men's clothes yeah it was just fun that's fantastic. I love those bits. Now, speaking of which, because a lot of this to some of my listeners who, who maybe don't have the wealth experience in team building that you and I have, that must sound very silly to them. So <laughs> let me ask you, what is your favorite silliest memory of any event? Probably, I won't mention the company. Because Please. That yeah, that would be nice. Yes. <laughs> but I was in Bahrain with a, a logistics company. I'll use that. And we were doing 15 famous minutes. And these were Berlin kind of like strong guys mm. and I'm expecting these movies to come back and and I think I can't remember it was a, it was a fairy tale movie it might have been Sleeping Beauty or something like that but they were definitely kind of like princess looking outfits and um across the lawn in this hotel in bahrain come four guys that i think you could be rugby tackled or american football (laughs) um, heroes with long locks flying beards and kind of like this pastel colored dresses as they went running streaking kind of like running across the lawn and you know it's probably not highly appropriate in this part of the world so Mm. we were just waiting to get caught Um, (laughs) but they but they absolutely had a ball and you know one of the hardest things it sounds like silly fun yeah but shooting a movie and recapturing the entire essence of a story when Mm. you've got a couple of hours and you don't have editing equipment and you need to try and get 
get across the entire message. And in this instance as well, you actually had to integrate their product as often as you possibly could and make it make sense is actually really hard. It requires planning. It requires coordination. It requires a sense of humor. And it requires kind of like people going outside of their comfort zones. And then at the end of the evening, you know, you've got a great entertainment piece for the dinner party because you've now got, you know, these movies being played back and a lot mm -hmm. of hilarity. Fantastic. I, I always love when people, no pun intended, really let their hair down at these things. <laughs> And, yeah. and, you know, stretch themselves beyond what they would normally consider doing. That's great. But let's go back to talking about you for a second, Hazel, if you don't mind. You've been in the team building industry for, what, what did we say, 25 years? Is that right? Yeah, I, I started my business in 92. Team building since 2003. Nice. So what is it about team building that you take into your everyday life? Do you have any, any philosophies, any even even events working with your family or, or games to play with your family? Well, I, you know, maybe my family is what got me back into team building in the first place because, you know, so. as a family, we were always card game players. We were always, you know, we weren't TV. Mm. There was a break and I was brought up in Africa um, as a small child and the TV, you know, was Little House on the Prairie and that was it for the week. <laughs> and so you know, we would always be playing games. We would always be making things up. And so I think that's why I love team building is because it reminds me of, of those days. So what do I take back now into my adult life would be the power of the team that the diversity of opinions the diversity of input so i'm a great believer in asking lots of questions mm -hmm. and and just watching what happens when you allow people to bring their own perspectives and thinking and how that builds on top of yours and how then together actually you can achieve something amazing. I also love that moment of realization that you see with friends or when we go sailing at the weekend or with a team at a team building event mm -hmm. when they just go, hey, we got it. Actually, we figured this out. And then all of a sudden the rapid movement that starts to happen as, as people solve those problems. Great. Hazel, thank you so much for coming on the show. You have been an absolute wonder. Thank you. I, I've, I love your story. I love your perspective. And for anybody out there who wants to learn more about Hazel, I mean this literally, she is all over the internet. Feel free to Google her, look her up. There are videos, there are other interviews. You have been just a fascinating and a lovely guest. Thank you for, for coming on board. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Richard. Now, unfortunately, um, I'm kind of sucking up to you because it's time to put you on the hot seat. <laughs> My silly game. There okay, we I'm go. Going, I'm ready. <laughs> <laughs> just to let everyone else know then, uh, what we're going to be doing is called our speed round wherein I'm going to in 60 seconds asking Hazel the most innocuous questions I can possibly come up with and she's going to try to answer as quickly as she can not thinking too deeply just the first things that come to her mind Hazel do you think you're ready <laughs> no idea I've never done anything like this before love it go fantastic for it, here it, it's going to be simple just follow along with the questions and here we <laughs> go what's your name Hazel how many children do you have None. How many pets do you have? One. If you could ask that pet any question and have it answer it, what would that question be? Why do you wake me up at three o'clock in the morning? <laughs> <laughs> uh, which would you prefer to be, the best player on a failing team or the worst player on a successful team? Best player on a failing team. No, no, the other one, the other one, second. <laughs> Great. What's your favorite thing to do on a rainy day? Uh, read. What's your favorite thing about a beach? Sailing. 
If you could be anywhere in the world right now, where would you rather be? Cape Town. What's your favorite Disney movie? Uh, Dumbo. If there were to be a movie about your life, who would you like to play you? Richard Branson. <laughs> Name your favorite celebrity chef. Ooh, Gordon Ramsay. Oh, and there we go. You got 10. 10 in 60 oh, seconds. Damn. Well done. I know. I know the competition was 13. Richard, Richard. <laughs> well, I, I'd say we try again, but that kind of defeats the purpose of the game, don't you think? Not that I'm competitive at all. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, please give another round of applause to my dear friend Hazel What's New Jackson. Thank you so much for being on the show, and thank you, everyone, for listening to Team Building Around the World. If you like this show, please share it with a friend or a colleague. We'd be grateful if you would subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your favorite podcasts, and leave us a favorable review. If you don't feel like leaving a favorable review, then just shut up about it. It's totally fine. Everything will be cool. All past episodes can be found at teambonding.com. And once again, my friends, I have been Rich Renitzland. This has been Team Building Around the World. And please remember, if you are within the sound of my voice, you're on my team now, and I am always on yours. Thanks, everyone, and we'll see you next time. It's been said that you learn more about a person in an hour of play than in a year of conversation. So why not put your co-workers to play with the help of the team at Team Bonding? Team Bonding was founded over 20 years ago with one simple question. How can employees have a great time while fostering strong, authentic bonds between people who work together? Their catalog of innovative events includes scavenger hunts, Jeopardy, and much more. Each activity, whether live, virtual, or hybrid, maximizes the impact of team building with an accent on fun. Visit teambonding.com to schedule your event now. Team Bonding, when you want seriously fun results.